Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. FM 104, Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Dublin's hit music station, F104, Louise with you until one o'clock. I'm now joined by Maverick Saber. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm good, how are you? I'm great, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. So you've just released your brand new fourth album, Don't Forget to Look Up. Yeah, fourth album, uh, yeah, it's on the 10 year anniversary of my first album. Yeah. So uh, yes, everything's come full circle nicely. How does that feel to have it out? Um, I suppose at this point, it's like every album is a bit like a diary entry. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it feels it feels nice to have that, that kind of new mark in time and, and to enjoy it. Because at this point, once it's out, it's out. And I don't, you know, I can't critique it anymore. You know, I think you can always, anyone who makes records can always hold on to it for the last, for the last, till the last second, sorry. Uh, so it's just nice that it's out and people can enjoy it. And, and I can, I can kind of keep creating and as you said, it is the 10-year anniversary since Lonely Are the Brave. Have you felt mm-hmm. that you've changed much in that time? Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, I think I think the foundation and the core of me is pretty much the same. But I would hope that, you know, I've learned a lot more and I've grown a lot more. I definitely probably, you know, feel like I'm a bit more peaceful mm-hmm. uh, than I was. And I think that's like the sentiment of Lonely Are the Brave is what it says. And I feel like, yeah, if I was to take that as where I was at, at 19 or 20 or 18, then I've definitely, yeah, feel like I've, I've grown and ho- hopefully, fingers crossed, gotten a bit wiser, wiser <laughs> since then as well. We all kind of hope that, don't we? As time goes on, that we'll we'll learn <laughs> something as we go. <laughs> yeah, we, we hope so. And then we realise we're still fools with lots to learn. But, you know, that's the enjoyment of life, really. And how did this album come about for you? Was it something that, that you kind of went into going, right, I want a fourth album? No, nah, not at all. It was it was gonna be um, it was gonna be the second part EP to an EP that I put out at the end of two thousand and twenty um, called "You Know How It Feels," and it was a double sided one. So the 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 one the first EP was leftover tunes from the last record, and these were kind of they were gonna be like four love songs. Um, 
and then as the lockdowns as the lockdowns continued i just kept writing songs and they ended up forming an album itself so i never really sat down and thought yeah i need to make an album it needs to sound like this it, it just kind of came naturally all the time that must be a quite nice feeling for yourself as a musician to be able to do that and not have to push it Nah, yeah definitely i think you know sometimes when things come out naturally you maybe at, at a point when the record's done you start to second guess it like you know mm-hmm. should i have sat and, and thought about the process more but you know i think it, it's just about letting go of the songs and realizing they're they're all for a moment in time and yeah so it definitely definitely uh you know took a lot of weight and walk off your shoulders when you just let things come out and there was no kind of time frame because we did we just didn't know when we were going to be touring again or back on the road or mm-hmm. even able to release music in in the same in the same way again um so yeah and you did a lot of the production yourself on this. Was that a con- conscious decision starting off? Uh, I always I was a producer before I ever started vocaling anything. Um, so I used to produce like boom bap hip hop and stuff when I was mm-hmm. when I was younger. And I've always produced on little elements of most of my records. And on the on the, the third album, when I wake up, which was the first independent album, I took the production. Um, I kind of took the reins of the production for the whole album and was experimenting, was just growing and kind of honing the craft. And then on this, I've just done it, kind of done the same thing. Still working with producers, but mm-hmm. just producing more of the rec- more elements of the record myself. Um, and yeah, it's been nice. It's been a learning experience, kind of, you know, always being a producer, but taking a back seat for the first two albums because I was around some great producers, but learning from them um, and then kind of taking them into the last two albums. You almost have to trust yourself a bit more, don't you, when you're making the decisions? Yeah, definitely. It's like, you know, you go off. <clears throat> I've always been very bullheaded about about what kind of music that I make. And I think I have to be in bull, you know, bullheaded and, and strong minded about it. you have to be 100 percent your own biggest fan. And you mm-hmm. have to make sure that, you know, I feel comfortable about everything that I make that I can bring home, listen to, play it to friends or family and be proud of. Um, and you also have to trust the <laughs> trust the ears of the people that you have around you. Because um, if you play stuff to people who maybe don't get it or won't understand it, um, or they're giving you a judgment outside of it being a good song or not, then that can send you left. So yeah, it's a, it's a mix of being being confident with your own taste and also having trust in trust in ears around you. And anyone who's listened to any of your music will know that you quite like to collaborate with people. On this album, mm-hmm. you have Nile Rogers on it, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Nile Nile um, worked on on the last song, Get Down. What was that like? Um, Nile is like Nile Rogers is like um, a young musician in a legends and mm. uh, a legends experience. It's like I've worked with him. We did some. I think we first met doing a Georgia Smith session. Um, we, we were walking for a couple of days and then I'd just kind of gone in and jammed with him over since he'd been, he he got appointed MD at Abbey Road, I think last year or something. Um, so we'd just been doing little p- bits and pieces over the time. And yeah, he's like, you know, he's he's been on some of the biggest songs of all time. He's the kind of the groove king. He's, you know, collaborated with, with all the greats right up to, you know, the modern greats as well. Um, but he's still got the energy of a, like a young musician that's coming in and just wants to jam and just wants to make stuff that he likes and that bounces and it feels good. So it's the kind of, it's the right balance. It's inspiring to see someone who's been in the game for so long and still has got that passion, yeah. that real, real strong passion for music. You know? I think that's what we all want really, isn't it? That when we're, we're slightly older, that we still love what we're doing as much as we did when we started it. 
Definitely. I think mm. that like that comes into just life in general. I think mm-hmm. that's probably one of the hardest things as we get older to kind of hold on to that, hold on to a youthfulness and like, yeah, that excitement and that passion that we have. I think whether it's love or careers or just, you know, hobbies and passions in general, I think, yeah, that's the hardest, the hardest thing to maintain. So when I see it in other people, it's definitely inspiring. And I think most people would agree that live music is just the ultimate best. And you seem to bring that element into your album. Is that something you kind of kind of take a lot of interest in or is it something you really think about? Or is it just something that obviously naturally happens? It's just something that naturally happens. Mm. I think like I've always I've always liked records that feel like they're being performed in front of you, if that makes sense. Of like mm-hmm. you can feel the emotion that it's not you know, too tidy and too clean. And, um, you know, there's a moment in time for that. But for me, what grabs me the most is always stuff that that feels like it's very, you know, in front of you. And live music, I think, to anyone who's ever been to a festival or a, a gig or a concert and has felt something, you understand the importance of live music. So I think more so even just putting out a new album, it's about being back on the road and back touring again and traveling and being around people at we've missed definitely as musicians and I know you know fans of music have definitely missed being in buildings and being together and singing with people yeah there's just such a nice vibe isn't it everyone's just there to have fun like there's no kind of anything else messing along with it people are just there nah. to enjoy it yeah yeah you leave, you leave it at the front door and it's like you know yeah. there's, there's there's a beautiful thing about having a similar taste in music to someone or having sharing a favourite song or a favourite lyric with someone and they could be a complete stranger that's standing next right next to you and there's something quite you know there's something quite powerful about that um and it happens every time you go to shows you know no matter if there's a hundred people in the audience or ten thousand there's there's something there's something quite unique about that so yeah um hopefully hopefully this is the path path back to regular touring and and regular shows again because i definitely miss it as a fan as well absolutely and as a fan when i go and watch i love watching as the audience sing, sings back a song to whoever's on stage and just watching their reaction it's always the nicest yeah. feeling ever yeah definitely well like for anyone who writes music and to hear that and to go and do a show and for it to be sung back to you it's kind of the ultimate for me anyway it's the ultimate of what you're looking to get out of a song because if people can connect with enough that a lyric or a melody or, or a feeling in a song has grabbed them enough that they can they can perform back to you. It's, you know, a good audience is as important as a good band, in my opinion. You can have the best show of your life to an empty room and it still won't be, you know, it still won't match up to having the best audience in front of you. You know, it never will. So, you know, the audience, I feel for me, are as important as the band. They make the show as well. So your tour starts off in February. You're in Dublin on the 8th of March. How does it feel to finally be back out on the road performing? Um, it feels beautiful to be honest. You know, this is going to be the first tour. The shows so far have just been scattered shows, and yeah, it's going to be nice. I, you know, every time I go touring, whatever kind of band I, I end up bringing with me, they're always close friends and family and stuff. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's it's like a touring family. So I look forward to that element of it and just being back in front of people and traveling. I've missed, you know, I've been I've been touring since I've been you know, 15, 16, and this was the longest period. Before this, it was more like, you know, three, four months might be the maximum time you'd be out of doing shows. And this has been, you know, two years at this stage. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. I must ask you about your techno walks. I hear you quite like going on a techno <laughs> walk. <laughs> yeah, 
I see that's that's been getting brought up. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, do you know what? I'll be straight. I've never. I used to play football until I was about maybe fourteen or fifteen. And once I got into music heavily, I kind of stopped regular exercise. And mm-hmm. my regular exercise was doing shows. And uh, in lockdown, like most other people, I, I tried to get myself into a routine. And and uh, my sister always used to listen to loads of like Lisa Lashes and Tidy Boys and, mm-hmm. and kind of like hard house and techno and stuff. Uh, so I just started putting playlists together and going for like, I can't stand running, but I went for strong. I used to go for strong walks. So yeah, I just went for, you used to go to walks. It was mad sunny here as well. So I'd go for walks around North London. No top on. I'd shaved, I'd shaved me, uh, my beard and I just had a mustache. I looked like that, that guy out of train spot in the nutcase and train spot. And I was just had techno in my ears and I was walking around North London for exercise every day and then a routine and it kept, it kept me sane. So, so big up the techno walks. You're probably having the best time ever, you know, and you're in that own little world. Yeah, a little, and, uh, you know, added in a little bit of prodigy and faithless and stuff like that to the mix. So, yeah, I was having an absolutely fantastic time. So, yeah. Have you any, and this is the last question, I promise, is there any uh, collaboration dreams you'd like? Collaboration dreams? Um, Yeah, I would always like to, I would always like to work with, um, Kendrick Lamar is someone that mm-hmm. I've always I've always massively respected um, both as like a kind of producer and as an artist um, yeah I suppose it would be yeah it would be it would probably be Kendrick Lamar I'd also like to do like a dream thing for me would, to, would be to put together a, an Irish hip hop compilation record where there's kind of modern beats and old school boom bap beats and we bring the generations of modern Irish hip hop artists and and kind of legends from the last 20, 30 years and bring them together on a project. Cause I think Irish hip hop's at a really interesting place at the moment. And it's nice to see, you know, a whole new young generation supporting it. Um, and it's gaining traction in England. And when I go to the States or anywhere else, I'll always have people asking me about a new Irish hip hop artist. So yeah, that's something that, you know, is kind of a, a pipeline dream as well. That would be unbelievable because we've so much at the moment. That would be unbelievable. Yeah, a massive amount of talent. And it's nice, yeah. you know, it's nice, it's nice to hear Irish topics, Irish accents uh, from a broad range of, of Irish communities on there. And I think like, that's something really powerful that's coming out of Ireland at the moment. Um, and hopefully, you know, the next generation are always the ones to change things for the better, hopefully. So, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully that happens because I would love to hear that. So that'd be something I would yeah. listen to. But at the moment, we're promoting your new album, which is Don't Forget to Look Up. <laughs> <laughs> that's it Maverick thank you so much for taking the time hey thank you uh, thank you for having me on FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Hi this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA the future isn't scary not realizing its potential however could be Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 